excited today. Today is a brand new, well, it's a brand new year for a little while, but it's a brand new sermon series called Vertical. And we're going to be talking for the next seven weeks about prayer. Now, here's the thing. Everybody that I talk to about prayer says that they pray. I've never met anybody who says they don't pray. Very few. I've met one or two, but very, very few. And so it's everywhere. So why would we be spending seven weeks on something that all of you already do? It's kind of like coming up to somebody. A sermon series like this is almost like being in the park. Have you ever been in the park and seen somebody, not uh, a parent, not being able to handle their kids, and you just kind of want to go up to them and give them some parenting advice? Have you ever done that? Right? Have you ever wanted to do that? I've wanted to do that. I've never done it. You know why? Because it won't be well received, right? Like, you know, nobody's, you know, listen, mind your own business. It'll be a very bad park day if we go and tell the, the mom of, right? Isn't that true? Right. You see it in the supermarket, right? You see some kid acting up for some honey nut cocoa, whatever the, you know, whatever they have, cocoa roos, whatever they have, uh, cocoa puffs. Um, and so... You go, you know, you don't have to give in to that kid just because he's having a little conniption right there on the floor. You don't have to give in to that kid, but you never say it. You know why? Because it would be offensive, right? And so it is with prayer. Sometimes we go, well, we do this. We pray all the time. We don't need anybody to tell us about prayer. We know all about it. Been doing it since we were kids. Natural born prayer warriors, every one of us in this room. And yet... And yet Jesus had his disciples come up to him and ask this most intimate of intimate questions. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, these were good Jewish boys who had been praying all of their lives. There's no reason to go up to Jesus to ask for him to pray. Not only do they pray, but when they go to the synagogues, they hear prayers being prayed. Why would they have to go to Jesus and ask to pray? Well, it was because when Jesus prayed, it was different. When Jesus prayed, something stirred inside their soul. Something moved inside their spirit. Something clicked inside their mind. And it gave them the impression that he was speaking to the Father in a way that they simply had no category in their mind for. So they go up to this master king, Lord and God, and they say, oh, by the way, teach us how to pray like that. And so we're going we're gonna to go through the discomfort and we're going to go through the difficulty of learning and for some of us, relearning. Because some of the cultures that we've grown up in, some of the churches that we've cut our teeth on, some of the places where we learned about God, taught us how to pray, and God is still wondering when and if you'll ever pray to him. And you go, but wait, I just prayed to God this morning, and maybe God is saying, no, we call that something else up here. We don't call that prayer. So today, we're going to start this brand new series on prayer, and it's going to rock your world But you actually have to be here. You actually have to be here. So it's a seven-week series. Seven weeks is not forever, unless, of course, you're 21. And then it's like, oh, that's too long. But listen, (laughs) if you're under 21, stick with me. But I guarantee you, next Sunday, there'll be kids to take somewhere. There'll be clothes to wash. 
there'll be compra to buy, right? The, the shopping for you Anglos, right? And so um, there'll be, right, there, there, there's going to be something to do next week. And I'm telling you, listen to me, skip honestly from my heart. I don't know if I've ever said this. I probably have because I, I usually say statements like this. Skip the rest of the year. Don't skip next week's. That sermon has been done for, I don't know, a month or something. It's been done for a while. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, some of you are going to get a huge, it's just going to be powerful when you see God as he actually is. So don't miss next week. And whatever you do, don't miss the week after that. (laughs) Because the week after that is unbelievable. That's been done about two weeks ago. No, 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 no. That would be part three. That was done last week. Last, part three and four was done last week. I'm telling you, the creativity that's gone into this series, that you, here's what's going to happen every time. Every time you're going to be here, you're going to go, oh, I should have invited somebody else to come. And you're going to think of names that you could have invited, your boss, your, your co-worker, your friend, the person you make a meeting with. You're going you're gonna to do that. And I'm just trying to pre-med, listen, just invite someone, come if you go, oh, man, there's too many people here, come to the 9 o'clock service. There's plenty of chairs there. It's wonderful. You get to relax. You get to put your coat on the side. But come. Don't miss the series. All right? Who's, who's, would you commit to just coming to this series? Would you do that? Oh, my God, like five of you. Okay, all right. No, the rest of you. Good. <laughs> Whew. All right. Tough crowd. All right. So for the five of you, uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. Yes, that would be helpful. I just had a panic attack. You didn't notice. All right, yes, yay, there's my Bible. Um, so the disciples go to Jesus and they say, it's like asking somebody to teach you how to kiss. It's a very intimate thing. Teach us how to pray. Because when you pray, it's something special. You pray like you actually know who you're talking to. I pray like I'm coming to a creditor. Teach us how to pray. So for the next, the rest of the series, we're going to be going through the Our Father. In fact, if I started the Our Father right now, you would know it, right? Let's try Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. For that temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Amen. You know it. You say it at all the funerals. You know it. And you go, but I know that scripture. Jesus never meant for people to simply memorize and recite that scripture. He meant it to be a template to teach us how to pray our own prayers. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks learning what each phrase means and how we can personalize it and grow in it. It's going to be explosive. Unbelievable. Today, we're going to read from uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's an interesting sermon to be... It's an interesting text to be preaching from because I'm preaching from a preacher, right? Jesus is preaching his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and I'm going to be preaching off of what he preached. It's very interesting to preach off of this thing. And so... And so we're going to be able to see it. It's going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 5 through 8. But listen to me. Listen to me. 
What we're going to learn today is not so much how to pray. If you leave here today and go, I don't feel like I know how to pray. I feel like there's so many unanswered questions. I'm not sure I got this. Then you are right where you're supposed to be. That's not, we don't do series here like we try to give you everything all in one shot. What we do is we give you one nugget in each week, one truth in each week. And then when you put the series together, you go, oh my goodness. So literally by the end of the series, you all, watch this, every one of you, will be black belt prayer warriors. You will be at the highest level of prayer. Do you want that? Is that something you're interested in? Yeah, it's something I want for you. Now, it's interesting. When I was young, because prayer is different. Prayer is not just asking for stuff. It's, it's about relationship. And so we're going to talk about relationship. But speaking of relationship, when I was young, um, I was younger and dumber. Um, and I first had gotten with my wife. I would pursue my wife. And, you know, so it would be nighttime and I would pursue her. And then, you know, the next day would be nighttime. I would pursue her again, right? Any newlyweds in the house, right? Less than a year, anybody? Yeah, a few of us, right? Yeah, this is great, right? And so you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Um, and so I would pursue her. And it got to a point, after having done that for a while, it got to a point where she said, you know, the only time you reach over to touch me is because you want one thing, right? And I was like, no, that's, but it was absolutely right. It was, yeah, it's just nothing else I want. But what she was doing was she was doing, she was pointing out, listen to me, listen to me what she was doing. She was pointing out my motivation and it hurt my feelings because I wasn't trying to expand the relationship. I wasn't trying to bring joy to her life. I wasn't trying for us to bond and become closer together. I wanted one thing. And it had an awful lot to do with my own self-centered pleasure. That's how I pursued my wife. And after a while, she had to say something. Because nobody wants to be used. Some of you might have had a situation like that, right? Where you have your kids, right? And the only time your kids call you up is when they either want money or when they want, you know, help with something and... And so you get a call from your kids or your kids walk in the room, right, and you're laying on the bed and the kids are like, mommy, and they jump on the bed and they say, I love you so much. And you go, all right, for real. What's this about? Because you don't even like me like that. What's this about? And then they tell you what the real thing is. Well, the prom, the, you know, the dance, the, I'm going out, my friends are going to see the movie and would you give me the money to do all blah, 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 blah. And you go, aha! You didn't love me for me. You loved me for popcorn and tickets to a movie. And it's offensive to us when we take it seriously because nobody wants to be pursued and used for ulterior motives. I get this when I go to like restaurants or I go to buy something, salespeople, right? Salespeople come up to me and I joke around with my wife. I say, oh, they're my new best friend. Right? Because they treat me so nice, right? Nobody treats me as nice as salespeople, right? And, um, and I don't mind. They've got to make a living. But I'm just saying, they don't have my best interest in mind. When I go, do I look fat in this? They are not trying to tell me the truth. They're going, oh my goodness, you look fantastic. You look like Brad Pitt. I was like, really? I felt like Brad Pitt. I know that they are not telling me the truth. They are using me for their own ends. 
Nobody likes that. You know why? Because we know this. In relationships, motivation matters. That when you have a relationship with someone, whether it's your girlfriend or boyfriend, whether it's your brother or sister, whether it's your dad or your child, no matter what, when you have a relationship with someone, motivations really matter. Even as you were a kid, maybe you were the first person in your neighborhood to get a car, and all of a sudden you're the most popular person in town. Oh man, you go into the party, you know, and you go, well... I guess. But you know that the reason that they're asking you to go is so that you could take them to the place that you... Right? It's like that. Motivations matter. Listen to me. If you get that principle, you will get everything that we're trying to teach today. Here it is. Motivations matter in prayer. You know why they matter in prayer? Because it's actual relationship with a person. A person who's greater than you a person who's more marvelous than you, a person who's grander than you, who has condescended, lowers himself to have relationship with you. So it's especially offensive when this great king lowers himself to have relationship with you. And we go in simply to, get, to use him. So today, before we ever learn about prayer, before we ever learn about how to pray, and the methods of praying, what words should I use, and what posture should I hold, before we ever learn what place should I go, what scriptures should I read, before we ever learn another thing about prayer, we're going to talk about our heart and our motivation for doing the very thing at all. And so it's with that intensity that we're going to approach the scriptures today. It's our tradition in this church that we would stand as we read the scriptures, because God is a marvel. You do understand, we stand in reverence. We're like, you're a holy God. You're an awesome God. And so we stand in reverence. We're reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Um, it's in your bulletin if you don't have it, uh, a Bible with you. If, by the way, if you're here and you're new, you know that we created this service for you. If you don't have your Bible, it's cool. We have the scriptures that you're going to read from and insert in your bulletin. If you don't know how to sing the songs, we put the words on the screen. And we also put the words of the scripture on the screen. If, listen, we love you. And every single one of us, those who are the most pious and most loved Jesus here, all came in here broken and in desperate need of a relationship with Christ. And some of us didn't know it at the time. We thought we had it going on. And so you're in the right place if you're here. I welcome you in Jesus' name. Let's read the scriptures together on the count of three. One, two, three. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is God's holy Word. Please have a seat. So Jesus is about to teach the Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, the one that we just recited, the one that every, every one of you knows about. If you've never been to church, you've heard Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's going to teach him how to do this. He's going to teach him how to pray. But before he does, he says, there's some junk that we need to clear out of here in order for you to be ready, in order for you to prepare yourself for this holy kiss that we call prayer. And so Jesus says the first four words. Say it with me. And when you pray. You know why he says, and when you pray? Because you're going to pray. You're going to pray. Everybody prays. Like, it's so pervasive, we can say, everybody prays. At one time or another, from a hospital bed from a job interviews seat, uh, an interview seat, from a relational standpoint. And at some point in your life and mine, you will find prayer, even if you don't find God compelling, you will find prayer very compelling. And when you pray, the Washington Post even wrote an article, this is a secular newspaper, and they wrote an article about prayer. Here's how it opened up. The, t- the title, for those of you who, you know, smart people who want to check up where this was, the name of the article was called Americans Pray Just to Get Through the Day. That was actually the title of the article. You could look it up. It's still on their uh, website. Politicians come and go. Fashions evolve and the culture shifts with alarming frequency. One thing remains constant, though. Americans pray a lot. have spiritual interlude with God every day. According to a study released Thursday by Brandeis University, half pray several times a day, in fact. Listen, 90%. And when you pray. Not because it's going to be an if. You're going to. The question isn't whether or not you're going to pray. The question is, what is the quality of your prayer? The question is, is your prayer never going to go past the ceiling or is your prayer going to be something? Listen, people who don't believe in Jesus pray. People who won't darken the door of a church pray. People who are agnostic and are not sure that any God at all exists pray. Jesus knows this about you. There is something, listen to me, there is something in your heart and mind and you don't have to be taught this. There is something in your heart and mind that longs to go to something greater than you for help. Something greater than you for your relational woes. Something greater than you for your fears and confusions, for your concern of the future, your regret of the past. There's something inside of all of us that says, I I need... I need something more. And so Jesus opens his tome on prayer and says, and when? And when you pray. Do not be like the hypocrites. This word hypocrites, you know this. The New Testament, 
Uh, some of you are new. The New Testament wasn't written in English. You understand that English wasn't invented uh, when the New Testament was written. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament in Hebrew. We have a translation of that. When Jesus said the word, and we have, by the way, a phenomenal translation. You can trust your English Bibles. They are very, they are very, very accurate. Unbelievably so. Fantastic translation uh, we have in our English Bibles. When the Greek word hypocrite was used, that Greek word literally meant actor. What it was is in that Greco-Roman culture, what they would have is, um, and you've seen this before, sort of like one-man shows or, you know, uh, it was sort of their version of TV or Broadway or something like that. And they go up on the stage and the actors would come up and there would be a mask in their hand. You know, you ever seen the ones with the sticks? Use your imagination, right? With the little eyes covering the eyes, kind of. And they would come up and they would perform and be somebody that they're not. And then they would get off the stage and then they maybe they would come on as another person and act, and it would be a great performance. Jesus says, first things first, when you pray, don't be a bad actor. Don't come up to God and go and be something and someone that you're not. Because he already knows. When he looks at me, he already knows I'm a whore and a thief and a and my motives are wrong. He knows that I have hate in my heart and bitterness in my soul to get rid of. Now I know you're, you're not like me. You're better than me, I'm sure. But when I go before God, I have no illusions. This is not me with my teeth brushed, hair combed, a nice suit on. This is me with my morning breath and he sees everything. So when we come before God, it's painful for God to go, you know, I could see through the mask. You're a hypocrite. And I brought you into this room so that you could stop pretending because he already sees through. And when you pray, don't be like the bad actors. Don't be like the hypocrites. Now, literally, Jesus was, was pointing to guys like me. I would love to preach this message in front of pastors, honestly. Because the people that Jesus is saying, don't be like, he goes, don't be like your pastor. Don't be like the religious folk who come up here and look good and dress their best and work on a sermon and sound all polished, and then when they pray, you're like, wow, they really know how to pray. He goes, don't do that. Don't be a performer. As I was reading this, I just wept. I was like, sometimes I'm just, just a bad actor. He says, I don't want you to be like religious folks. Now, we do this occasionally. If you've never been around in church world, you know what I'm saying? When church world, right? You get to a church and there's a culture in that church. If you've ever been around church world, there's like things like, you know, you have people who occasionally like run up and down the, you know, and just people who make themselves very visible, very like, um, you know, uh, uh, very noticed, very... 
very presentable towards everyone. Now, many times when we see that, what we see is we see a person who wants to take attention away from God and bring it on themselves. It's as if they want to tithe God's glory. They say, God, you can keep 90% of your glory, but I'll take 10%. Now, this is not with everyone, and I understand that we're in New York, so my beautiful Pentecostal brothers and sisters, I love you with all my heart, really. All right? We got some of you on staff, so we love you guys. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Let us pray. That's great. My point is, my point is, listen to me, that can be done in such a way as to not bring glory to God. I had a, 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 my, my, my spiritual father. We were in a room one day, and he saw someone running up and dancing in the front. And he leaned over. He goes, I wonder why they never feel compelled to dance in the back. <laughs> I never thought about that. And it's because many, many who approach God in that way are looking to take are looking to take that glory, that fame, that attention off of God to themselves. God says, do me a favor, don't do that. Some of you, it'll be Thanksgiving or, or you know, a special event. And you, know, you love Jesus and you've been transformed by the gospel, but none of, none of your family does. And so everybody will be around the table and you'll be ready to eat the Thanksgiving meal. And, everybody, and you go, wait! We need to pray! And then you realize that you're the only Christian there, so you go, let's pray. Bow your heads. Sammy, take off your hat, right? And then you go, you do all that, and you go, oh, gracious and wonderful holy deity on high, for thou art all that we need for our supplications to be heard. And God is going, what did, like, the Father's going to Jesus. Do you understand her at all? crazy is a way there's a way to approach God and pretend and God says your motivation matters motivations listen to me this is the only thing I need you to learn your motivation matters in prayers don't be like the hypocrites why why don't be like the hypocrites here's why for for this is the reason why for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Do you see that? Their purpose in prayer is to be seen by others. And if you're very astute and you're on point and you're thinking through the sermon, you're asking, hold up. Um, didn't we just like finish praying together <laughs> in the church as a corporate way? Didn't we just like see each other pray? Like, didn't that just happen just a few minutes ago? The difference is the four. It's not that we can't come together and pray. Notice when Jesus says, teaches them how to pray, he doesn't say my father, he says our father. He says corporate. He teaches them how to pray as a unit, as a church. So it's not that Jesus is saying, don't ever pray together. That's not the point. The point is, is that it would not be our motivation to be seen by others so that we could get, so we could feel better about ourselves, 
Stealing God's glory, stealing God's fame, stealing the attention that belongs to Jesus. Very convicting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Imagine that. So, Jesus is saying, he's saying, oh, look at you. You prayed so wonderful in that church meeting and everybody's eyes were on you. That was your reward. No, 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 Jesus, you don't understand. I was praying about my son. I was praying about my finances. I was praying about my health. No, 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 you don't understand. You were praying for yourself. You got your reward. Congratulations. Everybody saw you. Everybody was very impressed. They have received their reward in full. Jesus, when he sees us posing and acting like someone we're not in prayer and trying to be something that we're not, he goes, paid in full. Don't expect anything else. You got what you wanted. And for some people, that's fantastic. Because that's what they really wanted. They just wanted the attention of others. That was just verse 5, folks. That was just one, the first verse. Let's go to verse 6. All right, are, am I boring you? Is this all right? Okay, so let's go to verse 6. But when you pray, notice he says, when you pray, three times, in verse 5, and when you pray, in verse 6, but when you pray, in verse 7, and when you pray. He is saying, he is hitting this nail over and over and over again. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. About getting into that closed-off place, that sacred place, that place where, listen, the place where the sound of a Facebook update cannot be heard. The place where, the place where a text message's ding cannot be heard. A place where you're not rushing so that you can watch the TV show, call the person, receive the phone call, check the email. A place. Get alone with God in a place that's unrushed. Now, in all relationships you need this, right? With my wife, you know, there's, there's times where I'm just like running out the door and it's just a, hey, love you, Mwah. running out the door. And that's as much as that happens, right? And then you're coming home and you go, hey, how you doing? How was your day? Mwah. And then you go and you interact with her and the rest of the family. But there are some times where the lights get dimmed the door gets locked, the music comes on, and it is a focused time with one another. Nobody's checking their emails then. That would be weird. <laughs> Nobody's looking at their phone. Nobody's, no, nobody is. You know why? Because it's an intimate time. It's a time that is sacred. It's a time where true intimacy happens. And what you have is a father in heaven who's saying, let's stop all this blah, blah, blah and get intimate. So I need you to get away from everything. And for some of you, you know what that's going to mean? It's going to mean leaving your phone at home, driving up to a pier, and just looking out at the skyline and just going, okay, I'm alone. Right? Some of you moms might need to do that, right? Because there's no, there's no uh, what do you call that? There's no in-house, you know, closet door that you're not, right? Everybody bothers you at, uh, 
There was a, a woman. Um, oh, gosh, it's always better when you can remember their names. Um, the Wesleys. Um, the Wesleys, uh, Susanna Wesley? Maybe, okay. If, if that's wrong, his name is Ben. Susanna Wesley. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, thank you, Ben. It probably is. Um, uh, Susanna Wesley. Uh, she had something like 21 kids. Anybody here have about 21 kids? Yeah, raise your hand. You're that busy? Go ahead. Okay, she found time to pray. Here's how she found her prayer closet. She would take her, her uh, apron, you know, like, like the thing, and she would sit down and throw it over her face. And all the kids knew. Don't you mess with mama. There weren't no, you know, politically correct police then at that time. You understand, right? Don't mess with mama when she's got her apron over her head. She's got this private time with Jesus. For some of you, it's going to have to look like that. You can't go anywhere, right? You've got little kids or whatever. You know, maybe you're watching over an elderly parent or a sick parent. But you've got to invent a place where you're uninterrupted, not bothered, and when you can have that time. So do me a favor. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't let the only time you sing to the Lord be in this room. Don't let the only time that you worship God be in this room. Don't let the only time that you raise your holy hands up to the Lord be in this room. I mean, I appreciate you bringing the church into this room, but this should not be the very first encounter with God you have all week. Get into that prayer corner. Don't be like the hypocrites. Get into that corner. Get along with God. Phone is off. Pad is off. Computer's off. Pod is off. Everything's off. It's just me and Jesus. He says, don't be like that. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 7. And when you pray. Are you seeing a, a little uh, habit? Are you seeing a, a pattern here, guys? And when you pray. It's the third time we heard it in the third verse that we're looking at. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So there are these religious guys who say they know God, but are really in it for their own fame and for their own celebrity. And then there are these other guys, these pagans, these people who don't know the one true living God. And they pray... But they just babble on. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me. Send me, send me, send me, send me, send me. Provide, 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 provide. Now I know your prayers don't sound like that, but they all boil down to that. They boil down to this sort of pagan. Gimme. It's all about me. God's saying, I want more. Now, this last verse, it says this, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, if you're paying attention and a thought comes into your mind, because listen, you know what that verse just said. You don't even have to tell Him what you need. He knows what you need. If something inside of you says at that point, something inside of you says then, If he knows what we need, why should I pray? You are at the very edge of a breakthrough 
in prayer if you're asking that question humbly. You're at the very edge of a breakthrough. If the thought of, well, God already knows everything I need, and God already knows what my supplications are, why do I have to pray if God already knows what I'm going through, knows what I need, knows what I desire? If he already knows this, why do I have to pray? I'm telling you, you're at the cusp of a great breakthrough. Because God is looking for, he's looking for prayers that are more than just about you. You know why? Because your motivation matters when it comes to prayer. Your motivation, where, why you come to God matters. It does. See, most of my life, most of my life, my prayers have pretty much boiled down to this. I'm holding a cardboard that says, hook me up. It boils down to this. Hook me up. And so what I do is I come before the throne of God in heaven and I go, O oh, gracious and mighty King of the universe, how thou art great, how great thou art, great art thou indeed. And then I do that for like 20 minutes, but in the end I go, hook me up. You saw all that over there? That was hard work, boy. Hook me up. Or maybe it's not hook me up. Sometimes it's, Give me what I want. And yeah, I'll pray. I'll pray, sure. You want me to spend five minutes in prayer? Sure, I'll take five minutes in prayer. But in the end, you need to give me what I want. Oh, beloved sovereign king of the universe, thou art great and thou art good and good and great and greatly to be praised as good. Give me her. Give me him. Give me this. Give me that. Give me what I want. You see, all it is... Yeah, yeah, listen, 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 listen. You want me to pray for five minutes? You want me to get alone with God? You, don't, you want me to actually spend some time? Fine. So long as God gives me what I want. Sometimes the prayer is, get me out of this. O king of the skies, the air above and the seas beneath. And we do that for as long as we're going to do it. But if you could get that judge to lower this sentence, that would be all right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right? If you could get them to approve my loan, if you could get them to give me that job, if you could make the, you know, the health uh, thing come back better, if you, could, if you could get me out of my bed of affliction or a loved one out of his bed of affliction. And just get us out of this. We got us into this. You get us out of this. Now, here's... Listen, motivation matters. This is why motivation matters. Because when we're wasting time with God, he's going, what's, he's, going he's looking, he's going, what's behind your back? I'm going, behind my back? Nothing. Oh, gracious God. 
Like we're not doing, like, you know, there's nothing behind my back. He goes, no, 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 really, tell me what's behind your back. All right, all right, really, really, this is what, listen to me, listen to me. I think at that point of the prayer, God goes, all right, that's cool. You have some concerns. And he puts it close to his breast. And he says, and he sits down. Sit on my lap. Because he's your father. And nothing a father loves more than hearing the desires of his daughter's heart. Nothing a father loves more than hearing the heart of his son. He's your father. Grace, come up here. Grace is one of my daughters. I have five children all together. I have a son who's 20-something, 21. (laughs) Sit on my lap. See, Grace, Grace can come to me, and she could have this in her pocket, hidden. And she could be with me, and we could be dialoguing. And I know, what, you know what? She needs tickets for the movies. She needs, she needs clothes for the prom. She needs these things. I know that they're important to her. You know what good daddies do? They go, sure. Let me, let me see that. You got Hey, I got this, okay? I got this now. Tell me how about you. Tell me what's going on in your heart. Tell me what's happening with you. What are some of your fears? What are some of your concerns? Do you want to know anything about me? And prayer becomes very, very different. Very different. He says, you know that secret that you haven't told anybody, but it's hurting your heart? You can tell me. Yes. And all the teenage, all the parents of teenage daughters wince. But you know that secret? You could tell me. I'll keep it. And I'll heal your heart. And I'll tell you, hey, this is how we got to that place. And but you're my kid and I love you. And you could stay here forever. Good job. But most of us are satisfied. I'm coming. I'm coming. But you got it. It's important to me. It's important to me. And the father is sitting in his throne. He's saying, it's important to me too. As a matter of fact, it's more important to me than to you. Come on. Five minutes. No false motives. No bad acting. Let's just put it all on the side. Okay, this is your concern? Great, got it. I'm glad we got it out of the way. Now, let's get to know one another. Let's get to love one another. Let's get to be with one another. Because I'm really interested. Yeah, I know, I know, your marriage needs work. We're going to talk about that. Absolutely, we're going to get into that. Your marriage needs work, I get that. I know, you need... 
You need a husband. You need a wife. You've been single for too long. I get that. I know. I know. You're divorced and you're in that in-between place that you don't want to, you don't want to get back married again. You never want to date again. You're sort of in that in-between place. I can give you power and strength and peace in that difficult moment. I know. I know. It ripped the heart out of your chest when you went through that loss. Listen to me. I know. I know. I know. Would you just get a little closer? Because there's a relationship that I want to develop with you. But some of us have no time for that. Now, what I'm telling you here, to spend time with God without the motivations that pull you to get what you want. You know what you do? You just, when you approach God to get only what you want, all you do is reinforce that self-centered lifestyle that got you to calling on God in the first place. You and I can't do. We can't do. We can't do that. We're too concerned. We're, we think our, our issues are bigger than God, so it's hard to do. But you don't have to do it. Jesus has done it for you. Did you know that Jesus, with no other motive than love, came from heaven to earth to live the life that you should have lived, but you did not? And to die the death that you deserve to die, but do not have to. Jesus himself died so you could have this intimate relationship with the only one who's bigger than the rest of it all. Are you going to say no to that? So... For this week, what I want you to do, here's what I want you to know. What I want you to know is that motivation matters in prayer. Would you say that with me three times? Motivation matters in prayer. Motivation matters in prayer. Motivation matters in prayer. Jesus Himself, if He came from heaven to earth and did all of that so you could have a relationship with God, will He not Send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you to give you strength and vulnerability to do that which He's called you to do? Do you think He'll not take you the extra step? So, that's what I want you to know. Motivation matters in prayer. What I want you to do is I want you to get alone with God for five minutes and just tell Him the truth about you. God, I'm a whore and I'm a thief and I'm a murderer. I want to live my life, my way, and I know your word speaks against it, but I would rather do me. Would you make an exception? That's really me. This is who I am. And God goes, okay, finally we're talking. And I know that about you. I've known that about you before you knew that about you. Now, come close. I want to kiss your head. Come close. I want to hear your heart. Come close. I want to tell you a couple of things about me that will make this other stuff shrink in size. Because I am far greater than your concern, your worry, 
your marriage foes, your issues, your broken heart, your difficulties, your temptations. I'm greater than them all because I'm God. So, I want you to do that for five minutes a day this week. Would you do that? Five minutes a day. If you do, listen to me, if you do, I predict that your entire outlook on the rest of your day will completely change. Take five minutes in the morning. Wake up five minutes earlier. Don't hit the, you hit the snooze button three times, hit it twice this time. Five minutes. Sitting at the edge of your bed, at the parking lot of your job, in a bedroom, in a bathroom, in a tub. I don't care where you are, but it's, a, it's, a, it's not the, oh, I'm walking to work kind of prayers. It's not as I'm doing my job. Do those prayers. I still kiss my wife goodbye. I still kiss my wife hello. I still do those kinds of things. But there's this intimate time. And you go, but I don't know how to pray. Great. <laughs> We're just getting started in the series. You keep coming. I'm going to learn how to pray. I just want five minutes to go here. This is who I am. These are my real motives. This is what I'm really like. But I want to get to know you. And I'm not sure how. Five minutes. Now, I'm going to give you two minutes of that right now. Just to get you started. So you could say, Sunday, I did it. I started it. Look, listen. Check the date on your phones or your watches. Today is the day where everything changes. Today is the day where you are no longer the king of your world, but you go to the king of the universe. Today is the day where you stop carrying your burdens and you give it to the only one who can actually make a dent in those issues. Today is the day where everything changes and it starts, beloved, in sitting in prayer. So, right where you're sitting, just start talking to God. We'll do that for a few minutes. And you go, oh, I feel so uncomfortable. I know, right? It's okay. Do it anyway. Let the Lord speak to you. And I'll let him speak to me.